Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 193 of the Savvy Girls podcast. This is Deborah, and I am podcasting to you from Ottawa, Canada. And this is Melanie, and I'm podcasting to you from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. We are so happy to be talking to you today. In this episode, you're going to get an update from Deborah. You're going to get an update from Melanie. I think Savvy Mom is going to make an appearance. And I don't know what else. Melanie seems to have a plan. So uh, so we're just going to follow her lead. So sit back. Relax. Pick up your knitting. Yeah, get out your knitting. Enjoy this episode. And I say, hey, 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 it's just an And it's all your state of mind. At the end of the day, you just got to say it's all right. Savvy Mom. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm fine. So we're podcasting again. I we thought, are. yeah, I, I thought I would put this segment before the one with Savvy Deborah, just because she just plunged right in there like a like a, a stick into yarn. And she did not. There, there was no explanation about what what we're doing or or what. So it's been a while. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. I had a reprieve. <laughs> Gee, Mom, I'm so glad. You never have anything to say. Remember that time you talked about the apple tree, though, for oh, yeah. 45 minutes after saying you had nothing to say? That is anyway, true. So our last time podcasting was March 2020, and before that there was another long break because Deborah has her little yarn balls <laughs> slash twins that take up basically her whole life and full-time work, and, you know, occasionally she likes to shower, I think. <laughs> Too. Oh, oh poor, Deborah. poor Deborah. Things just got busy. It got busy and I didn't want to stop podcasting, but it just, it kind of happened. But you know what? I miss it. And I know that a lot of things have changed a lot in the yarn world. A lot of things. Basically, if you're not a new listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener and you listen to any of our episodes from 10 years ago and you get offended... It was a different time. <laughs> right, Savvy Mom? Right. I don't know. Everyone's always angry now. <laughs> okay. Just don't get mad at me. Don't <laughs> get me. Everyone loves you. So we're back. And I guess let's plunge right in. We're going to, we are honestly going to try to make this a regular thing for various reasons. Tell me what is the focus or tell the listeners what the focus is going to be. I mean, it is a knitting podcast. However, there's so much more than that that I'd love to cover. I mean, it's always been a podcast that's covered different things. And people have followed you and your adventures around the world. They have. So, I mean, it's hopefully going to be travel if that ever starts up again. Obviously knitting, because that's what it's always been, but other crafts and other creative things. So different ways to express creativity, including knitting and crochet. I'm here for you, Mom. (laughs) So, yeah, let's welcome, if you're new, welcome back. I don't even know how podcasts work anymore. iTunes is gone. I don't know how people find you, us, me. You'll figure it out. I don't know. I'm not quite at the stage where I'm yelling at kids to get off my lawn, but I feel like I'm almost (laughs) there when it comes to this. Here we are. Here we are. Savvy mom. Yes. What have you been doing over the last... Two years? Something like that. Creatively? Yeah, not as much as I had hoped to do. I could that's talk promising. about all the, all the things that I had wanted to do. No, that's just sad. It is really sad. And I think the last time we spoke, I had said I was going to try double knitting, that double knitting technique. And, and how did that go for you? It didn't. I okay. 
promptly forgot about it and didn't do it, didn't even try. All right. Well, there is no try. No. And especially for you. No. So I've sewn some crafts. I have my wonderful sewn pumpkins that I pull out every year and, and put up. I've got so many of them and they're colorful. You can put a picture up if... If you want some yeah. of my pumpkins. I'll find a picture. And then, of course, this year I cut out a few more. I haven't sewn them together, but hey, there's a whole year. I have 11 months now to uh, sew the new ones together. What else have I done? Not much knitting or crocheting, although I would like to make my twin granddaughter's hats and I have ideas for that. You did make them crochet hats a long time ago and they loved them. I mean, you made them toddler size hats for when they were babies. So eventually they wore them, but I think one of them may have gotten felted, which was surprising because I thought they were acrylic. So did I. I know, right? Surprises me. I know, but I saw that hat. It did get felted. Look at that. I must have been shamed into using wool or a wool blend. Look at that. I suppose you were. Then they were fighting over the other ones. So get knitting or crocheting. You know, I've made a few highway hats in the past for various, oh, for a couple of nephews and for kids. And the highway hat is adorable because it's knit and it looks like there's grass on the bottom, a divided highway in the middle, and then sky with a yellow pom-pom on top for the sun, which is how I make it. And then to decorate it, you buy little buttons with cars and trucks and tractors and things and sew them on, and the hats are so cute. So I've been kind of considering knitting either a highway hat or using the pattern for the highway hat and knitting it and finding buttons that I think my granddaughters might enjoy because we were at Fabricland when I visited them. We went there and they just love the buttons with the little shapes. And I'll think of a similar or a different background. It could be a highway. It could be trucks. I still have some of those left over. I mean, they like trucks. They like cars and trucks. But they also like rainbows and unicorns. And, and it might be... Uh, you so could just make a nature idea. hat. It could be like a forest and exactly. you could put bunnies in it. Exactly. I think I'd need a trip to the store to see what cute buttons there are and then use the same pattern, but just design it differently. So that's one idea. I you had. also made masks. Don't forget, you did. Because oh. Deborah and I, in the upcoming segment, we certainly talked about that. So don't forget, you made, you had a mask I station all over the so house. So many masks before you could buy them commercially before you could buy cloth masks. And we sent them everywhere. I sent them to the States. I don't think I sent any overseas because the mail just wasn't going overseas, but I definitely sent a bunch to the States to different people because they just couldn't get them. We We did. Yeah, we made them. Yeah, uh, and all over Canada, we sent them. And what was really frustrating is at first, okay, we made masks and we sent them to everyone. And then there was a new pattern where you could put a filter in. So we had to remake masks for all those same people. And then we sent them out again. And then you figured out how to put a nose panel in. Right. The, so then we had to revamp by then. It's just like, why? And then you could buy them at the store with a, that, and they had a little piece of wire in them for uh, snugging up around your nose. So Yeah, and they were like $2. And all of a sudden, it, we didn't have to sew masks and anymore. Fit, it was so great. And in a way, they fit better. <laughs> I mean, look, it was desperate times, and we were able to help a we lot were, of people. Yeah. But 
Oh my gosh, I was happy when we could stop doing that. That is true. We did do that. I would love to do some quilting. Piecing. Piecing of material together. I have so many pieces of cotton quilting fabrics and ideas. I don't really want to be doing the top quilting. Don't you send it away for that? I think Mm, you can just throw money at that craft and it'll be done for you. (laughs) Or the, you know, doing the finishing of the edges. But I do like the idea of, of quilting. And that's why I've bought so many of my fabrics. And that's why the craft room has no room for me to put other things away because I have yarn and I have fabric. Yeah, Savvy Mom has a full-on craft room, guys. It thinks it's gotten fancy around here. Yet my sewing machine is on the dining room table. And yet you've lost your bedroom. And although it is not, although it isn't about knitting, can we, can we talk about how you've lost your bedroom? Because I think it's interesting. So Savvy Mom is allowed to sleep in the room, but it is no longer her bedroom. Tell us why. Take a few steps back. Okay. When you were living in New York, and some of our former listeners are going to remember this, when you were living in New York... She's been on the podcast You lived around the corner from a bird sanctuary. It was a storefront. It was just... Still is. A store on which street? On Columbus. On Columbus, down one block and around the corner from where you lived, and you used to drop in and visit with the birds and help them clean cages and well the first time deborah and i went in to check out the wild bird fund we walked out with a nest full of five baby sparrows we thought we'd walk in to see what it was all about and i know we podcasted at this point so i'm sure this has all been recorded so we we ended up with five baby sparrows in a knitted nest they trashed her apartment within a couple days their eyes were open they were flying and they trashed the apartment and then they left it was time they wanted to go it was they were wild we released them yeah they flew and they came back one of them came back to visit a few times and then we ended up with colette i went back for the bird's final checkup before i released them and i ended up with a sixth bird that day and that sixth bird was baby colette And and they made it very clear to you that you would never be able to release her they said we might be able to once her flight feathers grew in but it took her like eight months to fly it was too late within about a week she had decided to imprint right and she was definitely not a wild i mean she slept with deborah she snuggled in bed with her and unlike and the me. wild birds the wild sparrows that we have outside our house she has some white feathers and i believe they told you that she would be hawk bait that she uh, is oh my my hawk bait i forgot sweetie you're not right? a hawk bait she's licking the television that right she now she wouldn't really make it because i mean uh, she wouldn't make it because the white feathers would flash and the hawks would see her she couldn't camouflage but she also well. spends her day sleeping on the cable box and licking the television and snuggling up and playing piano But anyway, the thing is with sparrows, and I guess this would be a whole other podcast, but the thing with sparrows are they're attached to habits. At a certain age, change is no longer an option. And I managed to get on Facebook Marketplace many years ago, this crazy Victorian house cage. And it's cute, and it's discontinued. So it was not in perfect condition when I got it, and I've been hauling this thing. It went across the country with me. When I went to sing in Vancouver a couple months ago, it went here and there, upstairs, downstairs, outside, and it's falling apart a little bit. And I found another one in another city. I managed to get a friend's husband to bring it to me here. I did. There was a whole get the cage back to Alberta. So we found a second one. And I, because sometimes I like to bring her upstairs so she's not lonely at night. And I was out of town 
for a couple weeks and we set it up in savvy mom's room Mm -hmm. and then what what happened mom well she tells us what time she wants to go to bed 5 30 sometimes it's as early as 5 30 now here in alberta it's dark then but she was doing this before it was dark at 5 30s we tried to stall there till about 6 37 not anymore Um, uh, but yeah, in this in this season, she wants to be upstairs. Poor little thing, and and she so, gets desperate. And so up she goes. Oh, Melanie was out of town, and then when she came back in town, the bird does not want her cage in Melanie's room for the night. She wants it in my room formerly, for the, night. The, the room formerly known as yours. Right, formerly known as mine. I can turn the TV on or use my iPad. I am not allowed to turn my lamp on, or the light. I am not allowed to move once I'm in bed and she's settled. If I move around or sit up, then she grabs one of her mirrors and shakes it. and It's got a bell on it. And rings the bell and does it repeatedly until I sit perfectly still. <laughs> so it's the bell of disapproval. It is. And she will, there's, there's, when she hits the bell, she's a little angry. But when she takes the bell in her beak, pulls back and then throws it at the bars, that is when she is yeah. very angry. So the bedroom formerly known as mine <laughs> has now become hers. And let's do it is a four bedroom house. It is a four bedroom house. It's quite house. a large house. It's quite a large main bedroom. Uh it, it's she loves her room. And in the morning she flies out of her cage yeah. and flies over to you and cuddles in your hair and licks your face. And so cuddles cute. cuddles in the blanket. She made a nest in the bedspread today. She did so and just cute. lay there in her little nest. So Colette's doing fine if people remember her. She's a crazy little bird. Like I said right now she is licking the letters, the brand of the television. Look at her. Yeah, she's on the cable box poking away at the letters with her tongue. And she ate I know you left some of your your little toast from breakfast and she ate that. Oh, she joins me for every meal. Every meal. I, when I sit down to eat, she flies over and she sits on my hand and she wants to know what I'm eating. When you open the refrigerator... She flies right over because she wants peas and rice and cheese <laughs> and smoothie. I often have a little milkshake for her so she can eat it. Anyway, she's the boss. She also loves yarn. So if she finds any yarn, she will loop it in her beak. So she is a knitting bird. And walk bird. around the room with it. Yeah, she's yeah. so cute. Okay, so you were asking me about crafting projects. Oh, so. right. We weren't talking about me. Okay. We can get no, back no, no. to you. No, we haven't so, gotten to me, really. So crafting projects, I'd really like to make the girls a slightly larger version of the original hat I made for them because it's so cute. Uh, I would just make it in a different yarn and different colors. They loved it. They did. And they, I think they loved that I made it for them, too. They knew that was the hat I had made. So I'd like to do that. But it's more of a spring-fall hat. It's not that warm. Being crocheted loose loosely and uh but i might take a stab at uh at a highway hat for each of them so that plus piecing materials together that's kind of well it sounds like you've got some projects coming up i do okay let's talk about me go ahead so i've been busy during the pandemic it's been busy as people know the performing arts basically stopped so there I had a whole bunch of tours. I was in, I, I think we talked about this on the last podcast almost two years ago. I was in India heading to Oman, heading to Abu Dhabi and all of that kind of fell apart. Came back here. I'm here. 
all of these gigs I was supposed to have in England after after those gigs, it was my April 2020 tour, has moved to April 2022 and actually expanded. So that tour is going to happen. I'm going to be in England in April, I hope. I'm going to just buy my ticket this week and hope it's happening. I recorded a CD of Canadian songs back in June 2020 because I was supposed to sing in Panama. I wonder if they still want, I should email them. Anyway, I was supposed to go to Panama and sing, and since that was canceled, they were kind enough to instead fund a CD of the songs that would have been in the concert. So I got to get a bunch of recording equipment and set up home studio in my childhood bedroom closet. So I I did that. I'll play a bit of one of the songs as the segue between so you can hear it. I wrote a show with the Lost Music of Prohibition, which I will be touring in 2022 all over. And you did get a chance to perform it in a couple of places. I did. I recorded it in Ottawa. Again, performances were canceled, but they were kind enough to fund a recording of the show. I recorded it there. I actually also recorded in Edmonton and in Vancouver. So I, I actually have three recordings now. Yeah, so I, I did the show live in Edmonton and Vancouver, which was which was amazing to be performing live. But then immediately things were shutting down in between. So it was sort of from one lockdown to another with these performances. I wrote a show about Noel Coward that I will be perf- I will be touring in 2023, but also I'll, I will be taking it to Edinburgh in 2022. I'm going back to Scotland with that and the Prohibition show. So I have I have some things. I've been working on things. And I wrote a book. I got a book deal. I got an agent. I got a book deal. And I have a book coming out in July. And I'm totally not just doing this podcast to tell people about the book. It's so exciting. (laughs) Yes. The book is exciting. And I think to put it in crafting terms. Because it's a knitting podcast. Because it's, it's a knitting and creative podcast. Yes. I mean, writing a book is creative, but it also started as a play that you wrote. You researched and wrote a play. So what is the book about then? The book is about... Deanna Durbin and Judy Garland and their rivalry in 1930s Hollywood, but mostly it is a biography of 1930s Canadian from Winnipeg movie star Deanna Durbin. There has never been a biography out about her, so this is, this is the first one. It was a wonderful show. I did it off you Broadway. Wrote, you did it I off did. Broadway. It was pretty. Too. I've done some stuff, You've guys. You've done that one all over, and it was a wonderful. It is a wonderful show that you could take anywhere. And I mean, right now, all the props and costumes are in a shed in Newcastle, England, <laughs> where I sent my suitcase <laughs> where you to be ready for the tour. To do it. So I don't. I mean, I'm assuming it's all still there. So if it still exists and has not been eaten by a sheep then yes, I can do the show anywhere, but I will be doing the show in England next because that's where everything is. But you took all that research that you did and did more research and used the time during the pandemic to write the, the book. And it's coming out in July. And it's it's available for pre-order in yeah. hardcover right now. I'm assuming there'll be softcover too. Yeah, so I'll put the link. It's called Deanna Durbin, Judy Garland in the Golden Age of Hollywood. It's on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. So order it today because <laughs> because I like money. Order it today because it's a great book. You want to make sure that you get it and it would make a, a good gift. It's wonderful reading. It's fascinating history and uh... it is all it is all of those things but what's and I'll talk more about writing a book on another episode because we don't want to lose everyone's interest on episode one but it's a lot of time you put a lot of time into that it takes it it all just writing a show writing a book all creating music all of it is a lot of sort of time on your own that you spend and so it's really amazing to see a finished product on July 1st 2022 
right. when it comes out. Right, Canada Day. Oh, uh, that's true. Actually, that's true. It is I Canada Day. I thought about that. Okay, let's turn this conversation around. Tell us about your knitting ideas. What are you planning on well, doing knitting or crochet-wise? In the upcoming section, Deborah and I already explored that a bit. However, uh, I do want to knit. Okay, we didn't talk about this. You know how you have that giant circular shawl I love that I bought. You bought it. That I, yeah, I bought it, and, and I, it I was so it. it was fifty pounds. And honestly, guys, this thing probably took someone eight million hours. I know it is glorious. I am not regretting that I gave it to you. Not much. <laughs> it's in the front cupboard. You can use it anytime. I don't want to use it. I want to have it. So I'm thinking well, of making this. So no, I'm not gonna. T- I bought it for you. I love you. I would never do that. And. The point is, I can make one, and I have the yarn to make one, because I took it from Deborah's yarn room, <laughs> and it's purple, and I could make one, but that is a big project. I mean, it I is. was knitting a shawl. I'm sure I talked about it on the last episode. I was knitting a shawl, which I finished. I had been knitting it when I went to Australia, and there was all this drama, because I, I actually ran out of yarn pretty close to the end and it was a one-off yarn chicken and I lost and Deborah and I went in her stash and we found she had three similar colors and one of them was close enough and I can't believe I mean she has a lot of yarn but it was a a rusty color anyway that was dramatic after that big project I figured it, it felt a little ridiculous to be making these these glorious beaded lace shawls that I never wear so I wasn't going to make another, but I am tempted to make another. Good for you. I think it would be a wonderful project. Yeah, well, we'll see. But uh, like I mentioned on the next, Deborah, Deborah's making me knit her something. So that's, that's coming up on the next because we, we already talked about that. So I think we should move on to the next section. Okay. Because, because um, all right. if we haven't lost all of our listeners, I don't want to lose them now. Welcome back, listeners. And we're going to be back in two weeks. Yay. Every two weeks, we're, we're going to do this. Wonderful. So start crafting, savvy oh my mom. Goodness. Okay. Okay. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time movie about a ghost from a wishing well in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet you know the ghost is me and i will never be set free as long as i'm a ghost that you can't see All right, so we're back to podcasting. Uh, this is Deborah speaking. My voice is a little bit hoarse because I have had the cold of the season. Uh, it's been pretty terrible. My kids were home. My kids are almost four. Uh, they've been, they were home for about a week and a half from daycare. I've had this cold for a week and a half. My husband has the cold. Um, it's been brutal. So I, I think it's going to be quite a while before my normal voice is back. So let's back it up. Deborah has kids now. Oh, yeah, I have kids. They're almost four. I think we've talked about this maybe on previous episodes. Yeah, I have twins, two girls. They are almost four years old. They are delights. And this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I feel like 
I'm still in survival mode and I've been in survival mode since six months into the pregnancy when I was double the pregnancy hormones is double the nausea. So yeah, I feel like I've been in survival mode since then and I'm, I'm still not out of it. I'm doing my best to survive for myself and then to give my children a childhood that uh, doesn't just appear like it's survival. For them, I'm hoping that they they look back and they feel like, oh, mom really had it together and she did all sorts of interesting things. And, and behind the scenes, it's like, you know, a duck with it, like on the surface, it appears everything's going well and under underneath it's paddling like crazy. I don't think I've peed alone in four years. Anyways, it's great. It's great. I love it. I love every minute of it. Okay, well, we're podcasting again. It's been a while. Things like Deborah said, she's been crazy. I too have not peed alone, but that's very often, but that's mostly because I have a little bird sitting beside me. Um, you've all talked, we Colette's been on the podcast, but she's almost six now and she does not like me to pee without her. Not creepy at all. <laughs> not creepy whatsoever. Should we just go with the big old like pandemic elephant in the room? So how's your life been, Deborah, during the pandemic? The pandemic elephant. Um, <laughs> how is, how has my life been? Work-wise, it's been, okay, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had to take a few months off of work in order, because all daycares were closed, um, so I had to take a few months off in order to care for the kids. They were younger at the time, obviously, since that's how time works, and, uh, I wasn't able to not care for them. I mean, not that I could not care for them now, but, like, they really required all of my attention back then, and they still do. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, I've been sick for a week and a half, and, and this is going to be a fun uh, a fun podcast to listen to. Anyways, so there was that about three-month period where it was, you know, spending a lot of time with two-year-olds trying to survive. This is going to be a theme, I think. And then the daycare reopened, and so they were able to start going back, and my work transitioned from being an in-the-office job to being an at-home job. So I've basically been working from home since then. Work-wise, it's actually gone quite well. I've started in a new position, a higher level. Like, it's the same job, but it's just a higher classification within the same job. And it's going well. I really like what I'm doing. But it's very busy, and I end up working a lot of overtime. And then the kids come home from daycare, and then most days it's full-on survival (laughs) until they go to sleep. And my kids aren't great sleepers. So once they're asleep, it's great. They're just not early sleepers. So once they go to sleep, I'm usually, sometimes I fall asleep before they do. And then I get up and do it the next day. I haven't fit a lot of knitting in uh, in the last few years. And that's not because I don't desperately want to. I've set up a, there's a little room in our basement. And I've set it up as a craft storage room. And I sometimes go in there and I literally huff the sheep fumes. It smells significantly like sheep. Um, <laughs> you don't notice that the yarn, I mean, I guess maybe you notice that yarn has a smell, but until you keep it all in an enclosed room and then you open the door for the first time in say two weeks, then you really can smell the sheep smell. It's lovely. I go and visit it. So not a lot of knittings, mostly because, you know, with two, what were babies and then toddlers and now preschoolers, there's a lot of, uh, grabbing of needles and grabbing of yarn and it's hard to keep yarn tensioned. And I tried pulling my spinning wheel out one day and that really did not go well. So it's gone back into the sheep room. I have managed to do some sewing and some other crafting stuff. It's the the kind of things that I can sort of pick up. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing a lot of, I made a lot of masks. I think I gave out over, I kept track, 
Uh, it was something like 250 different masks. Yeah, you were that person in the parking lot of the grocery store handing out masks. Yeah, I was actually. I started volunteering with an organization. That, this was before you could just, before masks were readily available. This is at the beginning of the pandemic. And so I started volunteering with an organization of sewists who were making masks and then distributing them to, to the community. And it was a really kind of a valuable thing. It felt it felt like I was working towards towards something at the beginning of the pandemic, which was kind of very healthy for me. You know, I've thought about it a lot at the beginning of the pandemic, less so now, but throughout history, so much of when something terrible is happening, the thing you can do to help involves action, right? So often it's you sign up to, I mean, in the knitting world, you knit socks for soldiers or you go to war or you, you know, you attend a protest or you're you're volunteering. And, And with the pandemic, The thing you could do that was best for the community was nothing, was sitting at home and doing, I mean, I say doing nothing. It was whatever you wanted to do at home, as long as it didn't involve people. And and that was kind of, I think it was hard. You know, there was something we were all going through and we were all going through it alone. So this gave a little bit of a sense of purpose for those beginning months. And then I, I kept going for a while, but then masks became readily available. And then not too long ago, I, I discovered that I actually really liked the fit of a particular store-bought mask a lot better than all the ones that I sewed. So I don't actually wear a mask that I sewed because those ones kind of, based on my face shape, they kind of, like, as I talk, they kind of work their way off my face. Can I say, though, I've... I've never been so happy as when masks became readily available in stores and then the sewing stopped. I did not enjoy sewing masks. That's all. Mom was sewing masks as well. And you did you did some sewing also, right? You had not a lot of autonomy. Well, mask sewing, there really wasn't a lot of artistic freedom. It was how much can I how much can I get done before I have to pull out the iron? Oh, okay, I better pull out the iron. So yeah, that's been a lot of my crafting. I actually have never I three quarters knit my kids' sweaters because they went to Rhinebeck when they were close to two years, just under two years old. Uh, and I almost knit them both adorable hooded sweaters. I got to the point of the finishing the button band and they had hoods and everything and I didn't quite get it done in time for Rhinebeck and I didn't finish it and they've outgrown them since. So that was lovely. That's pretty much all the knitting I've done. Uh, but sewing, sewing, however... Yeah, can you talk about their Halloween costumes this year and how much they enjoyed them? Or rather, didn't enjoy them? Well, okay, if we're going to talk Halloween costumes, the first couple of years I bought their Halloween costumes because survival. Last year, they both wanted to be bunnies. One wanted to be a pink bunny and one wanted to be a red bunny. So I made them their costumes and I made two versions of the costume, an indoor version and an outdoor version. The indoor version had a tutu with, I pulled out my yarn and I made a very healthy size pom-pom for the tails. And then a fleece hood. Oh, actually no, the indoor version had uh, bunny ears, like on a headband. And then the outdoor version was a full-on fleece, put it over your snowsuit costume along with like a cap that, you know, again, fleece and it Velcroed under the chin. That went fine. Uh, that costume it went well, except that I realized that the one who wanted the pink bunny costume that I made a very substantial uh, Easter bunny costume for my for my little Jewish daughter. So that was that was a good realization. And then this year they both wanted to be they wanted to be butterflies. Yeah, one wanted to be a blue butterfly and one wanted to be a red butterfly. No, blue and pink, of course. Yeah, blue and pink. So I made butterfly wings, made them out of fleece. And then they're kind of they're kind of wings where almost the arms went into sleeves, and then there was a hood, 
So basically, like, you put your arms into sleeves, the hood, uh, there's a hood on it, and then when you lift your arms, you lift the wings. Very cute, but because it was fleece, there was nothing sparkly on it. So then I added sparkly trim because kids look at their costumes and they want to they want to feel and see that it's fancy, right? And I wanted, if I was spending time doing it, I wanted the girls to be excited about it. And then at the last minute, I decided I would just throw together a little a tunic. I found some nice sparkly fabric at the fabric store. So I was I literally like, you know, one seam down either side. And since kids are relatively rectangular it was pretty easy to just you know two armholes and um and then when halloween came around did they wear them at all a little bit they wore them for like five seconds and then they just wanted to wear other things right one of them ended up trick-or-treating in the bunny tutu from the year before and then the other one wore her wings but not the not the tunic was that it we ended up taking the wings off i think it was just the tunic yeah, so she's just in a sparkly shirt, essentially. But you and I had good costumes. Deborah had the best idea for costumes, so it all became about us, as things should be. As they always do. Yes. So while I was at the fabric store getting this sparkly fabric for the girls, I also, there was this sparkly fabric. And the good thing about this fabric in particular was that you don't really have to finish the edge. It, it didn't fray. So it was easy to, say, cut a neck hole and not have to do a neck facing and not have to actually finish it. You could, I could just leave it raw. So I found this fabric that was essentially a rainbow, rainbow colored fabric and sparkly. And so I suggested to Melanie, because Melanie loves Halloween and I thoroughly enjoy Halloween, that we should also have costumes. And I said, let's be rainbows. So what I did is I made an adult version of the tunics for the girls. Ours had to be a lot wider because as adults, we are perhaps a little less rectangular. So we needed to have room for all the bits and bobs. And then, I, because at the end of every rainbow, there is a cloud, or at least, you know, in the cartoons, you have a cloud on either end. So I made two what are essentially cloud pillows. Like I took felt, was it felt fabric? Or, no, it was fleece fabric white fleece fabric and I cut out a cloud shape and you know sewed two together and then stuffed it with stuffing and I made two of them and one of them so got sewed to the front of the rainbow tunic and one of them got sewed to the back of the rainbow tunic and then we were both walking rainbows I thought it was pretty cute I thought it was adorable I mean at first it felt like no one noticed us and they just noticed the kids but you know by the end by the end of our sixth hour of trick-or-treating. <laughs> so trick-or-treating, what happened was that the neighborhood adjacent to mine has a daytime a daytime Halloween, they called it a costume parade, but essentially people put candy out in bowls and you can go and go house to house and pick up the candy while you walk around in your costume during the day. I think the point is so that kids who don't want to go later or parents who don't want to take their kids after dark, they can go during during that time. So we went there and we were out there for probably, what, two and a half hours, three hours. And then and then we went out in the evening like regular people. But the thing is, this wasn't just us forcing kids to get candy. The kids were on board. They just wanted to keep going. So, I mean, you raised a couple decent kids if they understand the importance of Halloween. They loved it. And also by, by hour number three of trick-or-treating... <laughs> We actually ran into some people saying, I heard there were two people walking around dressed as rainbows. Those costumes are amazing. <laughs> like, thanks. Halloween is about the grown-ups. I was pretty proud. I think I made the costumes the day before. So pretty proud of that. 
You sound so sick, but I'm glad we're podcasting because, I mean, it's been a while, but also it's time to get back with it. You know, we didn't want to pod fade. I was in the shower yesterday trying to remember that word, and I just remembered it now. So pod fading. We don't want to do that. Melanie, I, I, f- I fear we may already have done that. But we're unpod fading now. You're unfading. So it's fall and or I don't know, is it technically winter yet? When does winter start? It's minus 19 here. Is it still fall though? Isn't winter start on like December 3rd or something? It's December 21st and it's minus 19 now. So you have a, a lovely balmy fall ahead of you. Pumpkin spice latte. All right, Deborah. So what, I mean, what is, looking ahead, there are lots of things we're going to discuss on future episodes. I know you've been crafting and doing all these plans for your kid's party. And I know people haven't had parties for kids for a while. So next episode, we're going to hear all about that. And that might give people some ideas. Yeah, we're just because I'm excited. It's a creative outlet for me more than anything. I've had a bit of a knitting crisis I actually did not share with you. Oh, tell me about it. Well, I have this yarn. Remember that shawl with the ruffle that you made? And I don't remember what it's called, that one with the ruffle that I had found the pattern. And then I thought we should both make them. And then I had this really beautiful Anzula yarn and it was, it was not the right. And I made it. I made the, I made the shawl, right? Is it Sothia? S-O-T-H-I-A? It might be that one. Yeah, I think so. But the thing is, I have this yarn and it's beautiful blue Anzula yarn. And I thought, what should I make out of it? And I thought I could make a hat. And then I looked at all my hats and I thought, I have beautiful hats. Then I thought I should make a scarf, even though that's incredibly boring to have. And then I looked at this one scarf I have and I thought, I think I'm good. And if I'm going to make a shawl, I think I'd prefer the beading and things, you know, making it a massive project that I don't ever end up wearing. So what, what do I do? What do I do? It's a single skein. So make something for me. That's one of your problems with knitting is that you keep everything you make for yourself. <laughs> so you're calling me a selfish knitter. You are absolutely a selfish knitter, and that's okay, but the problem is you end up with a lot. Whereas if you knit things and give them to other people, then you have less, and then you don't run into this crisis that you're experiencing. I mean, if you, would you like a hat? I would love a hat. If you make me a hat, could you please make it long enough that it'll cover my ears? I actually found a pattern. It's $6.99, which is fine. Um, I just didn't buy it, but I found one for a kind of a cute, slouchy, worsted weight hat. And so if I do buy it and make it, I will have something to talk about. And oh my God, how am I the one doing knitting? That's all. I mean, I started watching Squid Game last night on Netflix because everyone else has seen it. And I thought, cool. All right, something to watch. And I feel like I could be knitting while I watch it. So. Okay, so I didn't watch Squid Game, but I was curious about Squid Game and I knew I probably... How do I put it? The stuff that I read about Squid Game was enough that made me nervous That because people would write like, I can't believe what happened. I'm so upset. Or like people were very emotionally distraught over what was happening. And I thought, you know, I don't want to go through the emotional distraught, but I'm very curious. So I watched like a 45 minute Squid Game recap on YouTube that took you through each episode of the first season. Don't tell me I'm on number two. I'm not going to. But it took you through the entire first season and it was like at least 45 minutes long. So I got to I got a good sense of what was happening for each episode. Now that I've watched that, I feel like I could go back and watch Squid Game and not feel that emotional distraught that everyone else has experienced. 
I was personally nervous watching it. And honestly, if you've watched Battle Royale, this Japanese movie from, I don't know, it's pro- I think it was I think it was probably from 1998 or like 2002 or something. It's been out for a while. That is more upsetting in the same kind of way. I mean, at least these people signed on for the game, whereas they, they didn't in Battle Royale. And then the North American version, it's basically the Hunger Games, which is totally just stealing Battle Royale. I don't know. I Sometimes you just want to see people explode on TV a little bit. But you just told me you were personally nervous about it. Yeah, and I was good with that. But I think if I was knitting, I'd feel better. <laughs> That's all. Now, I wonder if, if you're wa- knitting while watching something calming, if your tension would be less than if you're watching something nerve-wracking. Oh, no. And I mentioned it to Savvy Mom. You know, I mentioned it and she, she asked what it was about. And I told her a bit about the first episode. And she's like, oh, that's terrible. I'd never watch that. But all she watches are these crime things. I mean, one episode of Law and Order is just some of them are just as violent. I don't know how she's okay with that and not okay with watching people explode a little bit. Are people exploding in Squid Game? Oh, no, it wasn't exploding. It was the, the first episode. It was shooting, right? I think, yeah, it's shooting, but like they, they did some slow motion and, you know, it, they really did go for the, I mean, it's like they, they burst a little bit, I guess. Anyway, you need to get back to work. Okay, we're going to go. But there'll be more podcasting. Okay, bye. Talk to you later, sis. It's neat and it's sweet. It's a ding dong episode of the Savvy Girls podcast. It was such a pleasure to have you join us. If you would like to reach us, you can contact us through our website at www.savvygirls.ca. You can contact us by email at podcast at savvygirls.ca. We're on Ravelry, although I haven't been on in a little while. We're on Twitter under Savvy Girls PCAST, I believe. And and subscribe, because I think we're going to be podcasting. We are. I think we're starting a new podcasting schedule. In the meantime, tend to your knitting, kitten.